Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. All right, 908 into the final hour. We leap. Ollie Cosell joins us, editor in chief of the Birds Right of the Bird Rights. It's been a while. Ollie, how you doing? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well, Tommy. And look, things are looking up for the Pelicans, right? They're yeah. streaking up seventeen and eight over the last twenty five games and they're right there sitting on the cusp of getting towards the top of the standings. It's amazing if you look at the history this season with the Lakers and how they reached their low point and how it seemed like so far a turning point on what, New Year's Night, I think it was? I got my days confused. Right, yeah. The Pelicans are now playing their best ball of the season, and they avenged an earlier loss in December, right? The uh, in-season tournament, Pelicans were blown out by 44 points in Las Vegas since that time. They played fantastic. So you've got to think that one game in Las Vegas, the team kind of just enjoyed probably that time in Las Vegas a little bit too much because since that time, they have not resembled that team one bit. Why are they playing so well? What are they doing right? There's a lot of reasons. And first, you've got to start with the health, right? Zion Williams and Brandon Ingram have been marred by numerous injuries for the last several seasons. But now they're healthy. They're playing better. They're getting in better conditioning. They're also now giving you something defensively. I think this is the best we've ever seen them play on that side of the ball since uh, Willie Green started, started his uh, time here in New Orleans three years ago. And now you've got everybody else contributing, right? Herb Jones has improved. Trey Murphy, Jose Alvarado, Larry Nance, they're healthy. I think you can't overlook C.J. McCollum. He's been, without a doubt, fantastic. The Pelicans are, are, are finding their groove offensively. They've always been great defensively. But I think they're finding their groove offensively because he is lighting the world afire from three-point range. And he, he's kind of been that third score that you need to have on a good team behind like a Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. Who are some of the um, stronger defensive players that the Pels have that people may not know about? Well, I would hope by now everybody knows about Herb Jones. Mm-hmm. Since, he, since he's entered the league at the University of Alabama, that's been his calling card. And you're seeing it again this season where – You've got to think he's going to end up by the end of the season on one of these all-NBA defensive teams because he's a legitimate shutdown defender. You put him in front of anybody, he's likely going to slow him down, if not stop him completely. You saw that against Sacramento uh, where De'Aaron Fox was limited immensely. And he, he, he's just been doing it time and again, but it's just so much more than Herb, right? Jose Alvarado, pesky as all can be. And you saw what he can do in that recent win against the Lakers, right, on New Year's Eve. Number of steals, a couple of blocks. He's the one that basically provided the momentum towards that win. Larry Nance is giving you something, actually a lot. And you've got Dyson Daniels. So this team is built on defense. That's what Willie Green wants them to be known as. That's supposed to be their identity. And they've got a number of players that are really slowing down opponents and giving the Pelicans a chance to win any night, even if the offense isn't clicking. Zion's health has been a concern. Um, is is it just luck? Is is it circumstance? Is he in better shape than he has been? Talk about that, if you will, Ollie. Right. So with Zion, 
as everybody knows, since he entered the league, issues has always always plagued him. And when he has gotten injured, it's taking him an inordinate amount of time to get back onto the court. And so this season, you know, over the summer, he said that he's going to right the wrongs, basically trying to take care of his body for a full year, calendar year. And, and for him, it does start with, right, having a good weight. And when, when, when you have less weight, when you're not having as much impact on the court, right, I mean, he exerts so much force out there on the court. It's very important for him to be in pristine shape. And we're seeing that this season where he's kind of had to – he didn't start the season very well. He wasn't really in the optimal shape, but he's worked himself into it. Now we're, we're seeing it. And I think that's been the biggest reason why he's staying on the court because he's made it a priority. And the Pelicans have also been very careful with him. Earlier in the season, Tommy, they weren't playing him on back-to-back. Now he's played in the last two. And now you're seeing his stamina last through a game as well. Uh, that was another issue. So you can see, like I said, he's really rounding in the form. And look, you need superstars to win in this game. And Zion's beginning to play like one. Against the Lakers, he was scoring over one of the best defenders you've got in the league, over Anthony Davis. Last night, you saw him have no problems with the Twin Towers up in Minnesota, right? Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns. So you have to feel good about what he's doing. And he's taking all the preventative measures, it seems, from what we're hearing. And it's translating now. Protective also, in a way, because Willie Green got the technical last night because he thought a foul should have been called um, uh, against, or at least against the guy on Zion, and it wasn't. And has that been a problem? Have the, have the reps been letting a little bit too much go with Zion? And, and could that have let, I know he had a finger injury last year. Yeah, that's, that, that's still an ongoing issue. For some reason, referees, and just like with Shaquille O'Neal when he was playing, it's difficult to referee a player who doesn't seem to show any kind of impact when he gets hit. And, and that's usually what referees base their calls on, right? Whether a player kind of, you know, sells the call by throwing his head. Zion doesn't do any of that. And like I said, moreover, you can't even see him get hit because he's just a freight train going down the lane and nothing seems to bother him. But there's been some obvious calls missed in the last couple of games that are troubling. Against the Brooklyn Nets, one of their players tried to wrap, wrap him up trying to prevent a dunk, and the referee that was standing right there missed a call. Zion picked up a technical foul. And then last night's game, almost same thing. He comes barreling down the lane, got hit by multiple players. It was obvious, right, even during the uh, moment. And Willie Green saw it live, and, and he just exploded, right? He's defending his player because he's not getting the same type of calls as, say, a LeBron James, a Giannis, you know, some of the best players in the league. And, and he should be getting those calls. Is that the way it works in the NBA? Where, and just like in the, in the NFL where uh, Tom Brady will get a call at maybe, uh, um, I don't know, give me, give me another guy. Who's the quarterback of the Falcons? Taylor Heineke won't? Yeah, I think that's a very good analogy. And moreover, to your point, Zion hasn't been on the court enough, right, over the last three or four years. So he hasn't really built up yet, right, this kind of uh, standard with the referees because he's just been so unavailable for the most game. Most most of the seasons, right? Last year, didn't even play 30 games. Year before, didn't play at all. So I think that's also been part of the problem. So staying on the court and then having the referees get familiar with him, his game, and how to referee him more consistently, I think it's going to be crucial. So, yeah, it's all going hand in hand. Odds makers are talking about the Pelicans being one of the top potential targets for Russell Westbrook. What are you hearing about that? 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Not a lot, because that doesn't seem like the type of player David Griffin will chase, right? He's very keen on having a locker room that is very together, closely knit, without any kind of volatility, right? And if you look up and down the roster, since he's arrived here, he's largely eliminated the players that either are a little bit more selfish, ones that are kind of just not in tune with the rest of the group. And cohesion, honestly, I think is the way to go. You look at this league now, Tommy, there's so much parity, right? There's talent on, on every team, even some of these teams sitting in the cellar uh, of, of either conference. And so in David Griffin's mind, you've got to find some kind of edge somewhere else. And for him, it's the continuity. So a guy like Russell Westbrook, who's had a Hall of Fame career and no doubt can help a lot of teams, you see when it's not the right fit, like with the Lakers and some of his other previous stops, like the Houston Rockets, where it doesn't work. And so, I no, I, I couldn't see him make a move like that. If anything, he's going to be chasing a player that can help this group that's on the court right now, uh, this core that's really deep, that they, that's not going to be disturbed. And so Russell Westbrook definitely doesn't fit that bill. You know, I was watching the, the post-game interview with Zion last night, and it's amazing how you can see in his face how he's gone from being – an old boy to a young man, if you understand what I'm saying, in those years, because he was very young when the Pelicans got him. What was he, 18, 19? Yeah, he was 18 going on 19, and yeah, now he's 23, and it's hard to believe that because we've but seen can, him not even play, right, 150 games in his career. But yeah, Maybe he, that's it. Maybe up. that's I why I noticed the difference, that, that now he's a man, you know? Yeah, exactly. We've seen so few moments of him, and especially in, in big games where the Pelicans are relevant. And now, again, we're seeing it. You know, last season, Tommy, he was building towards what looked like a potential MVP caliber type of season, right? The Pelicans were tied for first with Denver Nuggets. Then after 29 games, he gets the hamstring injury. You miss him for the rest of the time. And once again, his growth, right, that development that's important was basically, you know, taken away from him. So, again, you look at almost any kind of viewpoint you want, any perspective, and you see that really it's just being available is going to help not only this team, but a player like Zaka. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm at a loss for words just to say how meaningful good health and continuity is. We're finally getting to see that with this team, including Zion. Clippers coming in Friday night. Thoughts? It's going to be a great matchup. Outside of maybe the Pelicans and maybe one or two other teams, there's nobody playing better ball. And for them, it's been the same thing. They're healthy. Right, Kawhi Leonard has barely missed any games, and he's playing at an MVP caliber pace. But they've also added James Harden, right, in the trade earlier this year with the Nets, or excuse me, the the Sixers, and they've got Paul George. So they've got stars up and down the lineup. They play a lot like the Pelicans, right, where they don't have that um, big interior presence like a Jokic or Embiid, but they rely on their wings, their big wings. Similarly, the way the Pelicans are, right, they rely on Brandon Ingram, Zion. You've got Herb, you've got Trey, you've got all these tall, lengthy perimeter players who like to get up and down the course. So I think it's going to be a great matchup. Pelicans have played the Clippers tough, beaten them almost every time the last two or three years, and you know they're going to be looking for some revenge. How's the attendance been? How's the atmosphere been in the Smoothie King Center? 
it's been improving, right? The Pelicans got a kind of a bad start after four and one uh, start out of the gates. They dropped five in a row, and you were wondering about this team, right? Can Brandon Ingram and Zion win? And, and I thought the attendance reflected that. But I want to say over the last month or so, it's really been steadily increasing to the point to where it's definitely a favorable home crowd. Friday night, no reason not to be there taking on the Clippers in the Smoothie King Center. Thank you, uh, Ali. I appreciate your time. I really do. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thanks, Tommy. You bet. Ali Cosell, editor-in-chief of the Bird Rights, going for uh, Pelicans, going for win number five against the Clippers Friday night in the Blender. 920, we'll take a break. Come back. Talk about the National Shrine of Our Lady of Prompt Sucker celebrating a 100th birthday this year. This is not about to me, religion. This is about continuity with history and something that's been going on continuously since the Battle of New Orleans. I had the uh, fortune of going to it one time, and there's a lot going on with the 100th anniversary in addition to the Mass that's going to happen on January 8th. But it was such a cool feeling to know that you were part of something that links back to 1812, I guess it was, and that you actually had a part in living history. We'll talk more with Daniel Erspammer when we come back. Then we'll talk to Brenda Douglas, Dean of Tulane's nursing program, about the nurses short nursage, I get it out, nursing shortage in Louisiana and the country. Tommy Tucker, glad you're with us. Back in a flash here on WWL. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.